You're listening to Preaching Source, a ministry of Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary's School of Preaching. I'm your host, Professor Barry McCarty. Good morning and welcome to Preaching Source. It's our privilege today to have as our guest in the studio, Hayden Ratner. Hayden is the senior pastor of Walk Church in Las Vegas, Nevada. He holds the BA degree in Religious Studies from Mercyhurst University and a Master of Arts degree in church planting from Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. After playing four years of college basketball, Hayden played a season of professional basketball in Israel. After coaching a season of college basketball in Kentucky, Hayden sensed God calling him to move his family back to his hometown of Las Vegas, Nevada to plant Walk Church, and that's what we want to talk about today. And so, Hayden, we welcome you to Southwestern Seminary and to Preaching Source. Come on. It's an honor to be here. Uh, grateful for the opportunity and love to talk preaching. So I'm Fan- glad to be in this place. Fantastic. You're in the right place. Yes. Let's, let's begin with just a general question. What unique challenges, Hayden, come with preaching in a church plant, and how do those challenges affect how a church planter adjust his sermon preparation process? It's a great question. Uh, you know, when I, when I think about unique challenges of preaching in a church plant, um, sometimes I feel like we, we may be tempted to base the study preparation and, uh, and the depth of our preaching off of who's going to be there. And in church planting, you can't really guarantee that you're going to have a full house uh, week in to week out. Sometimes it's, it's smaller than others, especially in the summertime, right? But that's not a reason to take off from the task. And uh, it's a unique challenge to say, you know what, uh, in this church planning journey, some weeks are bigger than others. Some weeks have more lost people than others. And uh, it's this, this reminder that the preaching of the gospel is, is the same. And the task of sermon preparation and wanting to preach robust, strong sermons, regardless of who's there, uh, is something that we should honor the Lord with. Uh, but I can say by experience that sometimes I'm tempted to think, man, it's, it, it might not be you know, a packed day, but that shouldn't determine uh, the effort that goes into that, the, the, the task. Yeah, that, that's a good word. Yeah. Just a simple reminder that ultimately it sounds cliche, but it's so true. We're preaching for the audience of one. We want to honor the Lord, and we want to deliver the message uh, uh, that's true to the text and uh, that reflects who he is. All right. Well, obviously, uh, picking up on that idea, the audience for a church plant will be different for each church. But generally speaking, how should the main preacher in a church plant adjust his method of delivery? That's really good. I think that um, just knowing your people, knowing your context— that's a proverb, right? Know well the conditions of your flock. And, and, and that, should, that should play a role in, in your preaching. Um, it should play a role in the illustrations you use. Uh, for example, we have a lot of athletes in our church. Um, one of the cool ministries we've been able to partner with is FCA. FCA is the ministry that really introduced me to the gospel. So we have adopted FCA as one of our ministry partners in the city for the purpose of growing a local church. We know that the ministry exists to serve the, the bride of Christ. Uh, but with that, we got all types of athletes in our church. So a lot of my illustrations are athletic illustrations because there's understanding there. Um, so I think illustrations are affected by the audience. And I, I really think um, uh, just contextualizing to a degree uh, 
with who's in your space can be helpful. Um, we have a context in, in Las Vegas that's just very raw and authentic. Uh, people are tired of fake, if that makes sense. If you go to Las Vegas right now, in a matter of moments, you can be in a fake New York, a fake Paris, a fake Venice, a fake Luxor, Egyptian temple. We don't need fake sermons. Come on, right? We need, we need authentic, real, genuine. I think sermons need to be uh, just a little bit more uh, real and raw. Because what happens is I've, I've sensed in, in church planning and in our location where people value that, people p- poke, perk up a little bit. I'm going to listen because this isn't just cliche, um, you know, religious jargon. This is actually authentic from the preacher's heart, all in the context of the gospel. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so you would say we, of course, want our sermons to be driven by the text, but we also, uh, particularly in church planning, want to have an acute audience sensitivity. I, I think that's well said. That's, that's tweetable right there. <laughs> yeah. Well, ideally, uh, let's continue this idea. Yeah, yeah. Ideally, a good portion of the members of the audience in a church plant have little to no history in church. Mm. And I'm assuming that's got to be true particularly in Las Vegas. Yeah, that's my story. If sure. that is the case, they probably have no history with sound expository preaching. How does the church planner instill a love for expository preaching in this kind of audience? I would say that the, the, the simple answer is just to do it. Uh, expository preaching done well is so beautiful. It's fresh is anointed, I would say, I think is the biblical model for preaching. And uh, if we can do that in such a way where we preach strong sermons from the text, uh, going slower than faster is okay. Uh, We're preaching through the book of Ephesians right now, verse by verse, and uh, I I thought I was going to get so far this past weekend and realize, hey, look, we're going to leave some meat on the bone and just pick it up right here next week. That creates a hunger and a desire to say, man, I'm going to come back to hear more about what God's speaking through these verses that I probably would never have touched out of Ephesians 4. The thing that's so great about expository preaching that I've learned is that God in his sovereignty and his timing has been so good and kind to us in the verses that we're in. Not by, For example, right now in Ephesians 4, it's all about unity. But would this be a time in our church where more than ever we just need to hear about unity? Like, I couldn't have planned those sermons. I probably would have picked different ones. But I'm able to say, man, this is where the Lord has us. I'm not even, I'm not poking on anybody. We were going to preach this anyway, right? And so I think that people are learning the scriptures well. Uh, And I would just add one more piece. Uh, Engaging with commentaries. Um, Right now, one that I'm uh, really enjoying is the Tony Morita set. Christ Expositor Commentaries, just these bite-sized pieces of wisdom that are exposited can really help bring the sermon to life and would encourage preachers to engage with good commentaries that can help. Absolutely. Well, particularly, uh, it's important anywhere, but particularly in a church planning setting, uh, it's a sobering reminder that so often uh, people in the congregation uh, learn how to prepare their own spiritual meals, so to speak, from what the preacher's doing in the pulpit, hence the importance of the expository model, uh, carving close to that text and contextualizing with the audience. Speaking of audience, uh, Haydn, 
because this type of audience, I'm talking about the yeah. audience you preach to, may not have much experience with preaching, they probably won't immediately connect with the church planter's preaching style. What adjustments can a church planter make to his style in this case, but without abandoning his commitment to expository preaching? Mm. I think that this question is one that deserves some careful treatment uh, because you don't need to adjust so much that you're not you. I think there's so much value, right, in just being you. Some of the examples that I think of is in Genesis, uh, you got um, Jacob putting on Esau's clothes and, and trying to pretend to be somebody he's not. And God can't bless who you pretend to be. Or he won't. He won't, is what I'd say. Um, we see that in David and Saul's encounter. Saul said, hey, if you want to be an effective expositor, David, put on my armor and hold my sword. And David said, I just got to be me, man. Let me use my slingshot and my rocks, and that'll get the job done. And so I've, I've had to find a comfortability in, in being who I am. I think even that affects not just what we say, but what we wear, right? Like my wife spoke this over me the other day. Um, she goes, hey, why aren't you wearing your Jordans? And I said, why, do you, why are you saying that? She said, because you need to be you when you preach. That, that, that's, that's important. I think that, that and what that does is um, it, it lowers walls sometimes for people who are there. I think it's, I think it's, it's crucial um, that, that the preacher should dress how he wants to be addressed and take that moment serious and, and be all in. I think, yeah, obviously, expository preaching and even if you're in a topical st series, so how we do it is we'll preach through a chapter uh, expositionally, and then we'll do a topical series for about four to five weeks. But even those topical series are still expositional with the text um, is, is important for us. But I think just being you, um, learning from others, sure, but never to the sense where you're trying to be somebody you're not. Yeah, I appreciate you sharing that yeah. word, Hayden, because I think particularly guys just starting out, yep. uh, younger guys really need to hear that because there is that subtle temptation uh, to be like and sound like sure. your your favorite preacher. Not that we shouldn't have models, totally. but at totally. the end of the day, we've got to be the best uh, uh, we've got to be the best person we can be. Come on. We ought to be who we are to the glory of God. And, who uh, we are to the glory of God. You know, so you, good. You, uh, you've articulated that well, and I think it's important not only in church planning, uh, but in any setting. Well, are there? you've mentioned Ephesians. Are there any particular books of the Bible or preaching series that you believe would be beneficial for a pastor to preach through in a church plant? For instance, if you were sitting here with a church planter, a, a freshly minted, newly assigned church planter, and he were to say to you, hey, Hyden, you've been out there. Uh, where should I start? What are, what, what are some books that you believe particularly, not that all of Scripture doesn't relate, but what are, what are some particular books of the Bible that have an appropriate uh, application for church planning? That's really good. I think starting with a book in the Bible that was specific toward a church plant. Uh, what we did was we kicked off our church about three and a half years ago, and we said, hey, we're going to read through a church planning book, the book of Philippians. This was a, Paul that, a, a letter that Paul wrote to a, a church. I'm going to walk through it verse by verse. I think it took us 44 sermons uh, to get through it, and we're learning about 
church planning through this letter was really helpful. And there's so many highlight verses throughout Philippians that you're able to hit throughout that journey. But what we did, again, is after that, we would jump into a series like a character study. I remember one of the early ones we did was just on, on Abraham. We called it I Surrender. And we looked at all the different pieces of Abraham's life that he just surrendered, from his calling to his family to uh, not looking back, just all types of stuff like that. One of the series that I'm excited about that we just did, uh, and I would even say this too, allow series to, to develop uh, through what God's telling and teaching you in your own devotional life. I began to learn over the past year that there's a whole bunch of 316 passages that are so good right, uh, from the Old Testament to the New Testament. And so when we finished Ephesians 3, I said, I want us to take the next eight weeks. And what I did was I picked eight 316 passages. We just called it Knowing God Through the 316s of the Bible. And I said, oftentimes we only know of John 316. But what about Malachi 316? What about 1 John 316? What about 2 Timothy 316, about what the Word of God is? And so we walked through each one of these 316 passages heard a lot of great feedback. And I'd say one more, I know I'm, I'm going a lot here, but one more series that we did that was really effective and really challenging was what we called Asking Tough Questions. And what we did was we took a month before we kicked the series off and we gave little cards to everybody in our church and we put a number on the screen as well that you could text in your question and said, ask your toughest question to the Bible and we're gonna record which gets the most asks and then we're going to preach on those questions. And so we picked five of the top uh, questions that had multiple hits. One of those questions is, what does the Bible say about homosexuality? What happens when we die? Those type of questions, right? And some of those, I was like, oh, man. Like, I hope that nobody asked this one more time. There it is. We got to preach on it, right? And so what we did in that, I mean, what a great series. There has been so many people that have said, man, Thank you for preaching on these tough topics because now I can send this sermon to my cousin. I can send this sermon to, the pers- to my daughter, right? I can send this sermon to my friend who's thinking about whether I should date a non-believer or not. Come on, right? And so just being able to say I preached on that, here's the link, is helpful, especially in church planning because you're going to see these topics come up. So those are some of the series that have been helpful, effective for us, I would encourage you to do. Good stuff. That, that's fresh. Well, uh, here's probably a challenging question for you, uh, just given the time limitation, but I think one that's important. What encouragement, Hayden, do you have for our listeners who may be planting a church as they are listening to this? What two or three things, words of encouragement, would you share with them? Well, there, there could be a lot of direction I go with this. Uh, but if we're talking about the subject of preaching, because uh, we want to keep that line, keep the main thing the main thing, I think that you'd do well to give time and energy to the preaching of God's Word. There was a lady that came up to me in our church this past Sunday, um, and she said, hey, I just want to let you know, I, c- I come to this church because you guys have created a life-giving culture, it's good energy, but primarily because you preach the Word of God. And, and that's a good compliment to have, that if you preach robust sermons, now, the methods could change, but the message doesn't, and, and, you, and, you, and you really dive deep 
church planter, I think that God will take that further longer uh, than maybe preaching shallow sermons and giving more energy to things that aren't necessarily primary, primary to our calling, right? Preach the word is still the message given to us in the second Timothy 4, first Timothy 4, one of those Timothy books, chapter 4, verse 1. Um, preach the word and let God, God do the rest. So I would encourage that to, to our church planners listening. And, and also, uh, before I jump off this, is to really live the calling of evangelism on your life. Um, it's, so, it's been so sweet to be able to have an evangelistic zeal in our city, whether it's through a sports domain, restaurant domain, hospitality, whatever your domain is. And we, we define a domain as wherever you live, wherever you work, wherever you play. To be able to use those opportunities to invite people. To, if you're a church planner and you don't walk around with a stack of invite cards in your pocket, and make sure your invite cards look good. Invest in those invite cards. Make them look quality. Make them shiny. Make them nice cut. Make clear inf- information on them. Be able to hand somebody that on the spot in, in, in a compelling way. Invite them to your church because you know on that Sunday you're going to bring it, right? And God's going to take the Word of God and apply it to this person's life because you spent time studying, you spent time engaging, your illustrations are fresh, and God will honor that time uh, through the preaching of his word. That's what I would say. Amen. Our guest this morning in the studio has been Hayden Ratner, the senior pastor of Walk Church in Las Vegas, Nevada. Hayden, thank you so much for your time, and I know that uh, this interview will be a great blessing, encouragement, and encouragement to to those who hear it. So thank you for coming to Southwestern and being our guest with us today, and uh, we will pray God's God's blessing on the ministry there in Las Vegas and look forward to to hearing of great things that God has done. Mm. Thank you for your time. Praise God. A pleasure to have you at Southwestern today. It's been great. Thank you again for the time. Awesome.